Hello friends, Howard Green here. Welcome to the Concern of the Times podcast and videocast, where we discuss all things Bible prophecy, discernment, and end-time Christian living. Our episodes are for everyone, for people like you who are watching current events unfold and asking, what on earth is happening? So whether you're a Christian or someone who's just curious about Jesus, we'll discuss answers to life's toughest questions together. Let's get started. So glad you joined us for this episode because today we're going to talk about end time Bible prophecy and we're going to talk about Bible prophecy in general. But the question I want to pose to you and we're going to answer together is, is Bible prophecy relevant? Is Bible prophecy relevant? So looking at the subject of Bible prophecy, and we could probably all agree on this. If there's a subject in the Bible that's the most debated, divisive, and distorted subject there, it's got to be Bible prophecy. But in this episode, we're going to give clarity on the subject. See, it's debated, and it's decisive, and some people distort it. But we are going to give clarity. We're going to give biblical clarity on the subject. And before we get started, I also want to tell you, if you're a Christian, I'm glad you're here. We're going to open up this wonderful subject together, do a lot of study on it, and see why Bible prophecy is so important. And if you're a non-Christian, I'm really glad you're here. You can be a Sikh, a Muslim, a Hindu. You can be very spiritual or not spiritual at all. You can sort of know about Christianity, or you might just be somebody who's here that wants to know more about Jesus, and that's fine. I'm so glad you're here, because we're going to talk about Bible prophecy in the sense that you look at all the global events that are happening, all the things that are happening in this world, and everyone wants to know what in the world is going on. Think about things like coronavirus and the wars and, 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 and even the rumors of the wars. We have Israel and we have Iran, uh, the United States and China and Taiwan and all these things that are happening. And and global upheaval and and the cultural and social and political and racial unrest that we're seeing. Friends, this is not normal. So you don't have to be a Christian. You could be curious about what's going on. I'm really glad you're here. I think after today, you'll have a lot of clarity on the subject and you can feel free to write me, uh, um, contact me through the, through the website, through our podcast, through YouTube, uh, any way possible. And, and I'd love to answer your questions and, and hear your thoughts on the subject. So the Bible does have a lot to say about what's going on, and we'll talk about Bible prophecy. And to set the table for the topic today, when I say Bible prophecy, what do I mean? What is Bible prophecy? It's any foretelling of a future event. Any foretelling of a future event. The Bible will say, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen, and it happens. Or something like this. Uh, you think about the, the prophet Jeremiah. Um, Israel is dwelling safely in the land. Uh, you know, you know, woe to you guys. You don't obey my word. And, and you're going to be carried off into captivity. And boom, 586 BC, the Babylonians come in, take uh, the Jews into captivity in Babylon for, for, for many consecutive decades. Is that a fulfillment? Absolutely. Is it a complete fulfillment? Absolutely. But there's also a partial fulfillment and an ultimate fulfillment, meaning that the Lord will also say things like, but after that, I'll restore you to your land. I'll restore you, uh, my people, back to their land. And, and then ultimately, you will not be removed and all these things will happen. And sure enough, after a certain period of time, Jews go back to the land. Israel's restored uh, to, a, to a lesser degree, but still restored. But then there's an ultimate fulfillment of things yet to come. So Bible prophecy is a very 
wonderful, all-encompassing term to mean what the Bible says of things that are yet to happen, that will happen, or have already happened. And time Bible prophecy differentiates itself in the fact that we're talking about things that are eschatological in nature. And that's just a fancy theological term that means like a study of the end times, things yet to come, things of the end, um, things that are going to happen that have maybe already partially happened, but there's an ultimate fulfillment uh, for the latter times. And, and here we are now talking about eschatolog eschatological events and end time Bible prophecy. So for our purposes today, when I talk about Bible prophecy, I'm going to mean end time Bible prophecy. So to save my breath and to save our time for, for, for sake of brevity, when I say Bible prophecy, uh, please know that I mean end time Bible prophecy unless I make a distinction there. So now that we've established sort of the, the ground uh, work here, uh, let's go to the first uh, first topic. We, we're going to talk about why Bible prophecy is so important, and then we're going to talk about uh, why it's being ignored or maligned or worse. So why is Bible prophecy important? Well, it's important because it's it's the Word of God, because it's the Word of God. Very simply, elementary, God put it in the Bible. Think about 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16. And if you have a Bible, you can turn there. 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 16. Well, while you're turning there, God has a lot to say about his word. Think about it. Think about it just off the top of your head. Uh, the grass withers, the flower fails, but the word of God lasts forever. So we can have a lot of opinion, a lot of discussion about prophecy, a lot about the Bible, but the bottom line is this. God himself said, this is my word, and my word is going to last forever. So, so if you found your place in 2 Timothy 3.16, if you don't have a Bible or you're, if you're listening to us by way of podcast and you're biking or, or driving, of course, you just listen in. <laughs> no need to turn there. 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says all scripture, not some scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And I'll read it again to you. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So, dear friends, all means all. It doesn't mean some. You go to some churches or you listen to some podcasts or YouTube videos or certain ministers or ministries, and they want to do what I would call a theological cut and paste, sort of a... Um, uh, this doesn't quite fit our denomination. We'll leave this out here, and and this quite doesn't quite fit our program or our our teaching. We want to leave this part of the Bible out here. We don't want to include that. Well, friends, that's not what the Bible says to do. The Bible says that all Scripture is God breathed. So we don't believe in cut and paste theology or doctrine. If it's in the Bible, it's extremely important and extremely vital. So and you can take that and and bank that. And here's another thing. Here's what distinguishes the Bible from all other holy books or so-called uh, holy books. And, and again, if you're you're a non-Christian, I'm not here to offend you. I'm not here to discourage you, but I'm here to present the truth to you. And, and, and listen, here's the thing. Please take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Be a Berean. Check what your book has to say Check out what the Bible has to say and weigh what the truth is. Because I think at the end of the day, if you read it with an 
open mind and an, and an open heart and read the claims of the Bible and then actually research Bible prophecy to see if what the Bible says is true has actually happened, I think you'll come away with a very astounding viewpoint that the Bible is correct and the Bible is accurate. But along those lines, here's what distinguishes the Bible from all other uh, holy books of other religions. The Bible has been proven 100% accurate, meaning meaning that every prophecy has been fulfilled to the letter, dot the I and cross the T. There's no room for ambiguity for, well, this might have been like this, this might have been like that. No, the Bible is very clear um, that every word of the Lord is true. So when God said, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and there's going to be a, a Babylonian empire and there's going to be a Medo-Persian empire that's going to take them over, then ultimately a Roman empire. And and then you look and you look at history, you look at secular history and you're like, how, how did Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel and all these others predict these things hundreds and sometimes thousands of years before they came to fruition and boom, it happened. Well, dear friends, Christian or not, that should give you, if you're a Christian, lots of faith to understand everything that's written in this book is 100% accurate. If you're a non-Christian, it should give you 100% confidence that the Bible is what it says it is. So I should explore the claims for myself and be a Berean, study what this word says, compare it to even what that, you know, what, what different preachers and teachers are saying and, and come to a conclusion for yourself. I would really encourage you to do that. So, Again, we know that the Bible is 100% accurate, but listen to what God says about himself. Listen to what God says about Bible prophecy. And for this one, you can turn to the prophet Isaiah and chapter 46, verse 9, Isaiah 46, 9. And while you're turning there, again, I could go to verse after verse, chapter after chapter, uh, uh, and we could read about what God says about his holy word, what God says about the Bible, what God says about what he understands about the future. He understands everything. So listen to this, friends. Here's what he says. This is the words of God. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things not yet done. Can you imagine that? God, and I'm going to paraphrase this, I'm God, there's no other like me, declaring the end from the beginning. In other words, from way back when, before it happened, I'm declaring these things, even things up to the end of time, things that have not yet happened, things from ancient times, not yet done. Who else can do that? It has to be supernatural. It has to be God. It has to be the, the God of gods. It has to be the God. No one else can predict the future, friends. Not a man, no human being, only God, with 100% accuracy. And he's done it. And he's done it. So, some facts about Bible prophecy. And this is Bible prophecy in general. Approximately 27% of the Bible is prophetic in nature. People were surprised to hear that, but 20%, 20 excuse me, 27% of the Bible is prophetic in nature. What's more, out of the 66 books in the Bible, 62 books contain prophetic material. So out of 66 books, Old and New Testament, 62 
contain prophetic material. And number three, and listen to this, in the Old and New Testament, over 1,800 verses address the second coming of Jesus. Over 1,800 verses, either directly or indirectly, address the second coming of Jesus. I mean, we could go on and on and on. You think about uh, Ezekiel and, and, and Isaiah and some of these other books and, and prophecies about Israel. Can a nation be born in a day? Who has heard such a thing? And then, of course, we know May 14th, 1948, the nation of Israel. After over 2,500 years of being kicked out of their land by the Babylonians, they're back in the land. And listen, friends, Christian or not, like Israel or not, the facts are the facts. I mean, this is secular history with biblical history. This is things that are happening geopolitically and things that are that are happening now. Look at this. 2,500 years later, the Jews are back in the nation of Israel. They're back in the land. Predicted more than 2,000 years before it happened. Who has heard such a thing, the Bible says? And I agree. May 14th, 1948, and then June 6th, 1967, with the uh, retaking of Jerusalem, the Jews are back in their land. Like them or not, like it or not, that's what the Bible said would happen. And here we are in our generation, in this time frame. It's astronomical. So Bible prophecy is meant to authenticate the word of God. It is, it is meant to let the people of God know what is coming next and to be prepared. And I would even say for non-Christians, non-believers, it is meant to let you know what's coming and be prepared. And I would say namely to get you to focus on this Bible and realize that, oh, wait a minute, it's not the opinions of just Christians or, or, or Jews or certain groups of people. I can look at this Bible for myself Weigh it against what's happened in history. Look at the prophecies that were made hundreds, if not thousands of years before they came true and realize that they all came true. Friends, if that doesn't validate your belief or at least substantiate your belief, I don't know what else to tell you because the facts are the facts. So it's meant to authenticate the word of God. So more about um, more about that, and we'll talk about being prepared later. Because the Bible's meant to prepare you and me for what's coming. Bible prophecy is meant to prepare you and me for what's coming. And we'll talk more about that in the coming minutes. So many reasons, uh, many reasons to believe Bible prophecy. So let's look. We've discovered sort of why Bible prophecy is important, and we'll come back to more of that later. But now let's talk about the subject of why Bible prophecy is being ignored, why Bible prophecy is being ignored. I've done a lot, a lot of study on this. And it's not a fun study. It's actually a very sad study. It's a very sad thing to look into. There are many reasons, many reasons why I believe Bible prophecy is being ignored or negated or trashed altogether. But I've come up with two main reasons, two main reasons, if you're taking notes. Reason number one would be sleepy shepherds, sleepy shepherds, or you could say sleepy pastors, teachers, missionaries, Bible teachers, evangelists, so-called Christian leaders, sleepy shepherds. That's the reason one. And then reason two, if you're taking notes, is false shepherds, false teachers, Bible teachers, prophets, evangelists, whatever you want to call them, false shepherds. We have sleepy shepherds and false shepherds. Neither situation is good, but one is 
not is is not acceptable, but the other is is insidious, and I'll explain. So, reasons for the sleepy shepherds. The reasons that I see, or they don't see the need to repair people. They don't see the need to repair people. They're they don't see the need. They don't understand sort of the times that we live in, concern of the times, and understand the times, and discern the times and seasons. A lot of these sleepy shepherds just don't see the time for what it is. And we'll come back to that shortly. And the other reason, not just sleepy shepherds, they're sleepy because they don't see the reason, they don't see the need, or they're afraid. What are they afraid of? They're afraid because they don't understand the Bible. Um, they're afraid to uh, look at Scripture. Um, uh, maybe they would say that, well, you know, Howard, uh, I love the Bible and I love Scripture, but but Matthew 24, uh, Luke, uh, you know, 19 and 20, and First uh, Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, especially Revelation. I mean, man, that's hard stuff, Howard. I'm intimidated. I'm afraid to teach that. I mean, what if it goes sideways? Why? Let me ask you a question. Why are you afraid to teach Scripture in its context? I mean, the Lord put it in there. We just read, all Scripture is God-breathed. Why would you be afraid to teach such a thing when the Bible expressly commands you to teach it? And I'm not meaning to, to, to get on your case, but I'm trying to exhort you um, lovingly, firmly exhort you to teach the whole Bible. Even if it's hard, even if there's areas that aren't 100% clear to you, I would urge you to spend that much more time studying Bible says to study, study to show yourself approved, and um, I would suggest that that you do that. So, either they they don't see the danger ahead, they don't see the need to prepare people, or they're they're afraid of Bible of the, of the Bible prophecy. Now, I, in one point, I understand the fact that you're afraid that people are afraid to study Bible prophecy, let alone teachers and evangelists, Bible you know Bible teachers and and pastors. And, and lay people in the church and just people out there in the world. What's well, so confusing? You know, that revelation. Well, no, it's not. If you take the time to study scripture in context, you'll find, listen, friends, you'll find 66 books written by 40 people under divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And these things are intertwined and, and they complement each other so well. You'll say, well, I understand what that means because that points to this. And this scripture points to that. And I can see how this just flows together now. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to open up your mind and make it more clear to you. He'll do that. If that's a sincere prayer, he will do that. But I understand the fear of Bible prophecy. Because here's the thing. For many years, Bible prophecy by a lot of people has been something that's been sensationalized. It's been distorted. It's been made to fit a certain narrative. And listen, think I can think back even during my lifetime. We've had many books written about Bible prophecy, wonderful books and not so wonderful books, great uh, uh, sermons and horrible sermons, great teaching and horrible teaching. But that doesn't give you a license to throw the baby out with the bathwater and ignore Bible prophecy. I mean, I get it. I, I, I was, a, I was a, a teenager, young adult back in the 80s, uh, 88 reasons why Jesus would come back in 1988. People were all excited and they bought the book and they, you know, kind of bought into that nonsense. 
and it didn't come true. And then a guy comes out with another book the following year, uh, 89 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 1989. Well, that didn't work, so <laughs> there, there goes that. And I get it. I get all the hysteria around Y2K and, and blood moons and all the sensationalism and, 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 and uh, Saddam Hussein's going to be the Antichrist. What well, now it's going to be Bill Clinton? And oh, no, now it's going to be Ronald Wilson Reagan. Oh, wait a minute. It might be Barack Obama. I mean, it gets ridiculous. So I, I get the sensationalism. I get why people do what they do and, 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 and sort of shy away from that. But friends, that's not a reason to just turn off the switch and, and negate Bible prophecy or to ignore it or to be afraid of it. Just because of a few bad apples and a few uh, bad things that happen, that is not the reason uh, uh, to negate Bible prophecy. So there's such thing as sound Bible prophecy teaching by many people, many friends of mine, I know personally, fellow Bible teachers and evangelists and shepherds that'll teach you what the Bible says to say in context, in its fullness, um, under um, authority of the Holy Spirit. And listen, you can go to concerningthetimes.com, go to my website, go to the ministry site, and go to our resource page. And on the back of the resource page there, you'll scroll down and see many, many ministries and teachers, people that we know personally, uh, and we endorse a lot of them, and, and, and read uh, what many other good Bible teachers and evangelists and, and, and authors have to write and say and preach about Bible prophecy. Go to the resource page and look those up. Doesn't mean that I've, I'm going to go through and vet every single sermon, every single book, but we see a pattern in their lives and their teaching that is sound doctrinally and scripturally. So we want to, we want to uh, recommend those to you. So now we've got the sleepy shepherds that are either afraid of Bible prophecy or they um, maybe don't see the need. They don't look at the signs of the times and realize we're living in the last days or we have the false shepherds. These are false leaders, false teachers, false prophets, people that sh are have, uh, friends have disqualified themselves from the ministry as far as the Bible's concerned. I'm not here to malign these people. I'm not here to uh, uh, um, call these people names. I don't do that here. I won't do that. But I am here to warn you about them. And I'll do it boldly and very directly. Uh, 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 Ephesians 5.1, Paul says to expose those people, these workers of darkness, um, they malign scripture. They malign Bible prophecy. These are so-called leaders, and I'm going to warn you about them. These are the people that either label Bible prophecy as a distraction or they trash it altogether. And I'll give you some details. I'll give you some details. Thinking about Bible prophecy, thinking about Bible prophecy being a distraction, as they call it, what are we talking about? Well, they might mean that Bible prophecy is a distraction to their movement or to their program, to their big, cool ministry. I mean, man, listen, Howard, what are you talking about all that nonsense for? All this end time, scary stuff and all these things that are happening. Things are going great now. I got a great program going. We've got um, we've got a big church growth movement going on. We got some great revivals going on. We don't want to talk about all that doom and gloom stuff. Don't bring that here, man. A lot of times people look at Bible prophecy distraction because they feel like it's going to distract from distract from their work, their ministry, their program. Well, let me tell you something, sir or ma'am. You may think Bible prophecy distract is a distraction from your program, but it's not a distraction from God's plans. It's not a distraction from God's plans. Bible prophecy actually authenticates and pushes us towards God's plans, being on his program, doing his will, not distracting us from the here and now. Bible prophecy actually puts us into the very hour, this very day, and 
pushes us to fulfill the will of God. Example, do I have scripture to back that up? Well, yes, I do. If you got your Bible, turn to Hebrews 10.25. And while you're turning there, turning to Hebrews 10.25, I just want to tell you that Bible prophecy is not a distraction. It's actually a motivation towards increased holiness and, and, and godliness. So, Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us stir up one another to love and to good works. Let us stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet, as some are doing, but encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. And listen to this. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging one another to good works, to love, to all these things, but doing it all the more as you see, capital letters, the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. Listen, the day of the Lord's coming. Judgment's coming. The second coming. Judgment's coming upon this world. So as you see the day approaching, encourage each other all the more to love and to good works. That doesn't sound like a distraction to me, friends. It sounds like God is telling us that, oh, you keep alert to the times and seasons as you see the day approaching. It doesn't hit you all of a sudden. It's not going to hit you by surprise like it's going to hit some because people of God are looking for the day approaching. I see it. It's coming. I don't know the exact day or the hour, but I see the conditions of the world looking like what God talked about, what Jesus said would happen. What am I doing? What am I going to do in the meantime? Oh, I want to encourage you in love to do God's will and to good works because I see the day approaching. It's not a distraction. That's God's word, friends. So how dare you call it a distraction? And listen, if you're listening to someone who negates Bible prophecy or calls it a distraction, run. Run from that dangerous teaching, friends. So let's continue. Luke 14, 16, Jesus tells a story of a great banquet. Uh, a, a, a man gave a great banquet and invited everyone, but people were making excuses. So the man sent out his servants to compel people to come in because everything was ready. Jesus said, I go prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive you to myself. So we have Jesus up there preparing these wonderful places for us, heaven for us. But the banquet table's not full. And he's telling us, it's ready. I prepared everything. It's ready. The banquet's ready. But go out there, not a distraction, go out there to the highways and the byways and the hedges and friends compel people to come in compel people to come in. You see the times and seasons. You see the day approaching. I've made the banquet. It's ready. The fields are, are white with harvest. So go out there and find the lost sheep. Go out there and bring them in. Far from being a distraction, Bible prophecy is a, I hate to even use the word motivation. It's more than that, but it's a motivation to go out there and bring people in, to let them hear the gospel. So it's not a destruction. Not only that, Bible prophecy, far from being a distraction, tells us how to live in the here and now. You have your Bible? Turn over to 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And while you're turning there, again, the Bible has a lot to say about what we do in the meantime. I mean, how many times the apostles and the prophets and, and Jesus himself say, well, these things are coming you be doing this. You see these things beginning to happen, 
you need to be doing this. I mean, it's all through this, all through scripture. So, 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? But there's more. So, since these things are going to happen, and I'm paraphrasing, how should we act? How should we be in all manner of godliness and holiness? And listen to this. Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Waiting for, not only that, but hastening the coming of the day of God. We're hastening the day of the Lord. We're excited for it. We're looking for it. Not only that, but the Bible tells us, Peter tells us, what kind of people, ask us the question rhetorically, what sort of people should you be like in all godliness and holiness? See, friends, that's not a distraction. That is on point, on target, on the gospel, in the Bible, doing God's will, doing it now, knowing that the day is approaching. So if you have someone to tell you that Bible prophecy is a distraction or it's a, or it's a sort of a myth or it's something that's not going to happen, run from such teaching. It's false teaching, friends. Those teachers are false teachers, false pastors, false evangelists, false prophets. They should not be listened to. They're biblically disqualified from that job. And to them, it is just a job. So now that we've established Bible prophecy as a distraction, I want to talk about something that's more really insidious. Why do people trash? Why do quote-unquote leaders trash end-time Bible prophecy? Well, there's some of the scoffers that Peter warned us will come. And if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Peter, if you're probably already there, but 2 Peter, and skip back up to verse, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. 2 Peter 3, 3. And while you're turning there, he warned us. Peter warned us. The Bible warns us repeatedly that people would come like this. Scoffers would come. Scoffers. What's a scoffer? Man, sure it's going to happen. Yeah, right. People have been saying these things for years, end times, end of time. Look at all the false prophets. Look at all the 88 reasons, Jesus in 88 and May 21st, 2011 or whatever that was, all that goofiness. And they'll use those things as ammunition to tell people Bible prophecy. We're going to scoff at it. Matter of fact, we're going to make fun of it. But here's what Peter says. <clears throat> Second Peter, no, excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, Second Peter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come. When? In the last days. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Why do they do it, friends? Why do they scoff and trash Bible prophecy? Here's your answer. Read out the scripture. Following their own sinful desires. Following their own sinful desires. They will say, where's the promise of his coming? Where's the promise of his coming? And of course, ever since our fathers fell asleep, these things have continued since the beginning of time. Skip down to verse 9. But know this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that some will come to repentance. No, that's a misquote. I did that on purpose. The Lord wants all people to come to repentance. The Lord didn't consign some people for destruction and some people for salvation. The Lord wants all people, all humans, all men, women, kids, teenagers to come to repentance. So when you scoff at the Bible and say that it's a distraction or worse, it's trash 
Bible prophecy is, listen, I'm still going to preach the Bible, but the gospel, but Bible prophecy is trash, it's a distraction, it's a myth, it's garbage. Sir, when you malign Bible prophecy, you disqualify yourself as a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist. It's simple as that. Nothing personal. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. So, they want, they want to trash Bible prophecy for their own sinful desires. <clears throat> so, these, Paul, these false prophets are interested more in making fans and not disciples. Look, they may have a million Twitter Twitter followers, a million YouTube followers, a bunch of people in their church. They might have a mega church that they're after. He might be a, a podcast full of a lot of people. And man, every follower, you might have sold a, you know, 10,000, 20, 50, 80,000 copies of your books, whatever. Because here's the thing, sir, ma'am, you're more interested in making fans for yourself, accumulating wealth for your own sinful desires than proclaiming the whole truth of the gospel. And I'm going to tell you right right here, right to your face, that's what you're doing. You're creating fans, not disciples. And it's for your sinful gain. These are the ones that tickle people's ears and they get paid well to do it. People like Rick Warren and his Purpose Driven Life book calling Bible prophecy a distraction. Well, sir, that's not what Jesus says. Or you got people like Zach Hunt in his book Unraptured, basically calling the rapture a myth. It's made up, saying it doesn't appear in the Bible. Well, it's not true, Mr. Hunt. And you know it. And I've addressed this before, people like you. Your book Unraptured is trash. It trashes the Bible. And it should be treated as such. Sir, you're disqualified from being an elder, teacher, pastor, evangelist, whatever you want to call yourself. You, you, you might as well start another career. Because as far as, the, as far as the gospel is concerned, as far as the Bible is concerned, you've disqualified yourself. Calls the rapture a, a um, what do they call it? A um, invention. Well, that's not what Paul says to the Thessalonian church. When Paul says, we'll be caught up, we'll be harpazoed, we'll be snatched away. There's your rapture in the Bible. So people that malign Bible prophecy and trash it, I have a lot to say about that. I want to warn you about them. But let's wrap it up here, friends. The Bible has a lot more to say, but here's a few more verses about being prepared, about warning you about the days ahead. Look at Luke 25, excuse me, Luke 12:35 and ongoing. Jesus said, "Stay ready and dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Be like men and women who are waiting for their master to come home." So Jesus says, "Be ready. You discern the times and seasons. You're out there doing the will of God. Be ready. Be ready. Wait for your master to come home. You know he's coming home, so in the meantime, do his will." And here again, skip down to verse 40. These are the words of Jesus again. You must also be ready because the Son of Man is coming in an hour you don't expect. So, by, by natural definition, be ready for what? Be ready for the coming of the Lord. Discern the times and seasons. Be ready for an hour you think not. The Son of Man is coming. And then go over to Matthew 25, verse 12. Matthew 25, 12. He will tell the foolish virgins, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, because you do not know the hour or the day. I could go on and on. I mean, Jesus says it so many times. The Bible is replete with warnings. Be ready. 
be sober, be alert, stay awake, watch. And that's my exhortation to you, friends. Read this Bible. See what the Bible says about end time Bible prophecy and know and understand why he says what he says. And finally, a couple of quotes that will just really get you excited for Bible prophecy. What does Spurgeon, what does Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preacher, say about Bible prophecy? Far from being a distraction, far from being trash, put it in context, compare it to the naysayers and the scoffers of the day. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says. Brethren, no truth ought to be more frequently proclaimed next to the first coming of the Lord than a second coming. And then we have A.W. Tozer, another wonderful preacher, um, wonderful evangelist and preacher, Bible teacher. Here's what he says about end-time Bible prophecy. He says, the point of Bible prophecy isn't to alarm us, but to alert us to the circumstances leading up to the Lord's return. This alertness spurs us on to be ready, and the Bible says a lot on how to be ready for his return. And that comes from the book, um, Preparing for Jesus' Return by A.W. Tozer, if you want to get that book, and I really highly recommend that book to you, friends. We're going to wrap it up for now, wrap up this episode on is Bible prophecy relevant, but let's give an answer. Is Bible prophecy relevant? Absolutely. It's not just relevant, it's vital and it's extremely important, dear friends. Christian and non-Christian alike. For the Christian, it should spur you to be ready, as Tozer said. Dear non-Christian friend, for you, it should spur you to look into the claims of this book, all the claims of this book, and realize it's exactly what it says it is. It's the Word of God. And you, I want to give you a loving warning, you need to be ready too. Ready for the return of Jesus, because he is coming soon. So, thanks for joining us this time, friends, on this episode. We'll join you again real soon. We'll have another exciting topic, but I want to tell you, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. Howard Green here, and I wanted to say thanks for joining us today. We'll look forward to being with you again on the next episode of Concern of the Times. But before you go, I wanted to remind you to download our podcast, and please leave us a review. And for our YouTube videocast viewers, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And be sure to go to concernofthetimes.com and sign up for reminders to receive our latest articles. And finally, don't forget to send in your comments, questions, and prayer requests when you get in touch with us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.